This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 66, Dealing with Disappointment. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Hi there, my friend. Welcome to the podcast yet again. Hopefully you're not new around here, but if you are, welcome. So happy to have you. Today we're going to be talking about disappointment. And I have a funny story for you that inspired this episode here in a minute. But I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone leaving reviews for the show and sharing the episodes on social media and with their friends and family. I know at times it can be a little uncomfortable to share some of these episodes, to admit we are improving our lives. I don't know why we still have the stigma with that, but it but it can be this thing, right? So thank you for being brave and for sharing these episodes with others. It's been so amazing to watch new listeners come in on the show. The numbers have almost doubled over the past month or so. So thank you. I'm here in Texas, if you don't know where I'm located, and it's, gosh, September 15th, the day I'm recording this. This episode's going live September 23rd, which I believe means it's officially fall. And certainly feels like it here in Texas. The weather is getting just a little bit cooler. The sun isn't rising as early. It's setting earlier. And I'm getting into this groove of more of a fall mentality with my energy. You know, I'm going to record a whole podcast on this, but we typically have seasons throughout the year just like nature does. We have a summer when we really blossom and bloom, and this is the time when we're in typically the most action and we have the most visibility. You know, it's just like a flower blooming, right? And then the fall comes and we start to shed some layers and kind of, you know, start to slow down a little bit. I always think about like snuggling in and then winter comes. And for me, it feels like this cocoon or I'm hibernating and I'm just, again, like releasing layers of myself. And then spring comes and I start to blossom a little bit more again. And then it leads me up to summer when I bloom. So for me, the seasons go with the seasons of the year. So in summer, I'm in summer, fall and fall and so on and so forth. And so it's just so funny how um, I'm already starting to feel that shift, even though I'm really wanting to push and stay into the amount of action that I have been in the past few months. My body is like, okay, Lindsay, let's slow it down a little bit. So just know that. I know this podcast isn't about that per se. Um, and as I said, we'll do another episode on it. But if you're finding yourself starting to slow down, you may be like me and you may follow the seasons a little bit and that's okay. You know, we talk about taking action all the time on the podcast and 
making decisions and staying with those decisions and all that stuff. But just know, too, we do go through these periods where we bloom and blossom more and we're in a lot of action and then we don't. The problem that I see with a lot of women are one of two things. It's like two ends of the spectrum. One, they're not taking advantage of when they can bloom and blossom, like they have the energy for it. And then two, they're trying to bloom and blossom all year. And this is typically how the the world works for a lot of men, especially, is they don't necessarily go into seasons as much as women do. We're just more intuitive beings, more earthly beings. Maybe that's why we call it Mother Earth. I don't know. But yeah, so um, just know that. Okay, so I'm feeling it. All right, so disappointment. So let me tell you the story that inspired this episode. So my daughter lost a tooth recently, and she lost it in the evening of a weeknight, pretty late. I want to say like 7 or 8 o'clock, like right before bedtime for her. And she's 9, by the way. So she's getting to this age where she's not necessarily a little kid anymore. She's kind of becoming this tween. So anyway, she lost this tooth, and... um. In our house, we text the tooth fairy when we lose a tooth. That's just the story that we tell. And so I said, okay, I'm going to text the tooth fairy, um, but I'm not sure it might be too late for her to come tonight. And what happened is I did. I forgot to text the tooth fairy. And so she woke up the next morning and she's like, mommy, the tooth fairy didn't come. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. I forgot to text her. Um, But that was because I really didn't think she would be able to make it. And so there was no big deal. So then the next night, I forgot again. And then I had no excuse because I had a whole other day to text the tooth fairy. I wasn't past her cutoff time. So my daughter comes in my room the next morning. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I don't really know if she still believes in the tooth fairy anymore. But she came in my room. She had her tooth in a bag. We used to have like a little tooth pillow. But now she's at this point where she's too big for the pillow, right? (laughs) So she brings it in this bag. And she, you can tell on her face that she's upset. And and I said, oh my goodness, when she came in with the tooth, I was like, oh my goodness, Izzy, I am so sorry. I forgot to text her. Um, It's totally my fault. And you could just tell she was like kind of mad. And I said, uh, and then she came to me and she goes, I just want to throw it away. I want to throw my tooth away. And then I got curious after I apologized and I said, well, what makes you want to throw it away? And she goes, I just don't want to feel disappointment anymore. I hate feeling this way. And then I started thinking about disappointment and I realized a couple things about it. First off, typically disappointment is a cover for sad. So typically when we're feeling disappointment, we're really deep down feeling sad. Yeah, think about that. That makes sense, right? But two... Anger and sadness kind of go hand in hand. And so anger a lot of times is the emotion we'll turn to when we're feeling disappointment or any other emotion, really. But disappointment especially because sadness can feel weak and we can feel out of control in sadness. But the reality is, is when we're going to anger, we need to turn to sadness instead. And I also know that disappointment happens most with those who are most passionate people. My daughter's one of those. She's somebody who just wants to live life to the fullest. She feels high highs. She feels low lows. I think she has high empathy. And so when she feels something, she really feels it. And then I also know that when our expectations aren't met, that's when we can experience disappointment the most. So this is going through my head pretty quickly, like within a few seconds, as she is standing there mad telling me she wants to throw away her tooth. 
And I looked at her and I said, I know you're feeling mad right now because you didn't get what you wanted. But the reality is, is that you probably feel sad because the tooth fairy didn't come and you're used to her coming. And then all of a sudden that opened up the tears and she started crying for maybe like two or three minutes, if that. And I held her and I just said, oh, I'm so sorry. I know how it feels to be disappointed. You didn't get what you wanted. And then it kind of just, you know, blew away. Like she felt the feelings of the sadness for a few minutes and then she moved on about her day. And so when I could feel her kind of coming out of an emotion, and they teach us this in coach training too, is that you know, kind of take your clients down, I forget the, the analogy they use, but like down a roller coaster and have them feel the depth of something. And don't worry about that as a coach because people know how to naturally pick themselves back up. And so allow them to really go down into the depth of it. So that's what I did with her, right? I, I got her down in the depth of it. And then she just naturally pulls herself up. And that's the thing as human beings, we're so scared of going into the depth of those feelings. But the reality is, is we start picking ourselves back up. And and the depth is what our brain avoids the most. It's like, oh, I don't want to go down there. And then it just like starts resisting and starts pushing away. And that's why, too, we turn to anger because that feels more powerful versus just submitting oh, this feels sad and going into that, right? So anyways, she starts pushing herself or pulling herself out of the emotion. And then I asked her, well, do you still want to throw your tooth away? She said, no, no, I don't want to. I want to keep it. I'll just try again tonight. I said, great, awesome. I'm so glad that you're seeing it from that perspective because really you were just feeling disappointed and you just needed to get the sadness out. And it got me thinking, Because I have been thinking a lot about disappointment and studying disappointment a lot. And I realized that so many of us are taking our goals and our dreams and treating it like my daughter did the tooth of, I just want to throw this away because I'm tired of feeling disappointed. But the reality is, is we just need to feel the disappointment and we too need to learn how to quit having this cycle of disappointment, which is what I'm going to teach you today so that we can continue to go after our goals and dreams and not want to just throw them away. Yeah? So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to teach you when you feel disappointed, how to lean into that and feel the depth of it, which you may have already gotten a taste of what I what I do with my daughter here. And then two, I'm going to teach you how to not continue this cycle of disappointment. All right? So gear up with me, my friends. Today's a good one. All right, so first off, let's talk about what disappointment feels like, okay? So for me, I sat there and I thought about it, and I thought, okay, how do I know when I feel disappointed? And the first phrase that came to mind, and it was the only phrase that came to mind, was feeling let down. So think about for you, what does it feel like for you when you feel disappointed? You may have a different word, phrase, I don't know, feeling to describe it. But for me, disappointment is this feeling of like let down. I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. So that's when I know I'm in disappointment, right? So it's really important that you start to recognize what your feelings are because our world is moving so quickly. Our brains are moving so quickly with our thoughts that many times something happens and then we move on so quickly. And then it's like we have this lingering funkiness that we're feeling 
And we need to slow down every so often. And this is why I have my journal or my clients journal on a near daily basis so they can reflect on the day prior because otherwise these things just start to pile up. Okay. So for my daughter, she took that moment to pause. She saw the tooth that morning, right? And was like, oh, and then came to me. And that was great and awesome versus her just seeing the tooth and moving on with her day. Now that would have been fine if she had no feelings toward it. If she was just like, oh, the tooth's still there. Oh, well, great. But if she had these feelings of disappointment like she did and the sadness and anger, then she did the right thing of coming to me and saying, you know, mom, what's what's the deal with the tooth kind of thing, right? And so she approached that and said, avoid it. Because otherwise, she probably would have felt funky all day, if not longer, until, you know, she was able to address it. And I see this happen with her often. You know, if you know my story... Her dad and I are divorced and she'll go over there and many times she'll come back from the weekend and you can tell she's just in this funky mood because she doesn't necessarily have the space at his house or the resources to process emotions there. And she typically feels a lot of emotions over there and she'll come back and she's just moody with me and um, she's lazy even. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like she's not herself, you know? And that's what happens with us is, you know, we feel something and we don't go into the depth of it. And so then that's how it comes out. We're just moody and we're not actual oriented and we just feel funky and you can just tell you're not yourself anymore. Yeah. Okay. So again, first tip, if you feel disappointment or really any emotion, take a pause and reflect. For my clients, I have them journal four days a week at least so they can reflect on the day prior. And that habit alone helps them start to analyze the day prior and really get down on paper. Okay, what was it that went on yesterday? And as they start to build that habit, then they don't even need to wait until their time to journal. They're just becoming so self-aware that when something happens, they're like, whoa, this is what I'm feeling. I've learned what this feels like. And then they're able to process things more in the moment. Okay, so that's the first thing. Know what disappointment feels like, acknowledge it, and then you want to start feeling it, okay? Goes back to what I said just a bit ago. Disappointment is usually a cover for sadness. And sadness is the primary emotion of your inner avoider. If you heard that inner mean girl episode, we have this inner avoider in our minds. We all have it. Our brain naturally wants to avoid emotions. Does not like to feel those things. And so what will happen is we'll want to avoid that sadness at all costs because, again, it doesn't feel powerful either. It makes us feel weak. And our brain thinks that weakness means we are opening ourselves up to getting hurt physically for death. Okay? So just know that. Yeah, If you just know from a biological standpoint that that's why the brain does it, it's just like your silly brain. <laughs> like It's okay for me to feel a little bit of sadness. So lean into that and feel the feelings of it. Journaling is a great way to do this. Um, It's also great if you have somebody that you trust to go to your sadness with. You know, a few months ago, I did couples coaching with my husband. And part of our coaching process was me turning to him when I felt anything really, but especially sadness, that he would be the person that I could turn to was very uncomfortable for me, I must admit. Because again, I like to, I don't know if I like to appear a certain way, but I do like to feel powerful. I mean, hello, I have become an unstoppable woman podcast, right? So turning to sadness was something I typically did privately or with a professional like my coach. 
not with my husband, but it has been so great for our relationship. I can think of one moment in particular that we had the past few months where I just turned to him and I said, um, I'm processing something. I realized something today and I talked it out and I realized it was related to something in my childhood and the tears just started flowing and he held me for a few minutes and it was just so amazing. And what happened is it was just like my daughter. I just needed those few minutes to cry. And I remember saying while I was crying, like, it was just so hard. It was so hard when I felt that way as a kid and him just saying, I know, I know it was. And, um, then a few minutes later, it's just like, whew, I got that out of me. It was like I had been holding on to that since I was a little girl and I just needed to let it out. You know, this is why with my clients, we're doing a lot of feeling, dealing and healing the first few months we're working together because there's likely a lot of stuff they just haven't processed and they want to get all these amazing goals and dreams in their life. But if they have all that weight, that emotional weight on them, it can be very hard. And so once you get it off, it's just like, whew, that feels so good. And you're able to move on. So feel the depth of that. Turn to a journal. Write I feel statements. Turn to somebody that you trust that can hold space for you without wanting to pull you out of emotions. Like for men, a lot of times they feel uncomfortable in an emotion like sadness and they'll want to fix things and um, they won't want to pull you out. So my husband... In our coaching, he had to be trained a little bit on, okay, you just sit there and you hold her. Like, you don't need to fix it. And I've even told him, too, it's like, do not fix this for me. Just all I need you to do is just hold me. That's it. Um, and to somebody who has the emotional depth to be able to do that. Like, for me growing up, I didn't have that in a parent my mom just could not hold that space for me. My dad definitely could not hold that space for me. He couldn't even hold space for himself. My mom just had a lot of emotions she needed to process. And so anytime I had an uncomfortable emotion, she couldn't handle it because she hadn't dealt with her own uncomfortable emotions. And so I was just on my own. And so I just learned to completely avoid emotions altogether. Um, and I just turned into like this little achieving robot. So anyways, find somebody who can hold that space for you. That's why, again, it's so great to have somebody like a coach who can do that for you. And this is really great if you're in therapy and you're dealing with a lot of back emotion. Um, the thing with therapy, though, and this is just generalizing, is that sometimes it's just like one thing they want you to jump into after another of staying in the depth of that emotion Whereas in coaching, typically, we go to the depth of the emotion, we figure out whatever the core things that you needed to deal with from that, and then you pull yourself out of it, we get into action, and then we, we heal. And therapy, what typically happens, again, is like you go into this pool of this emotion and you just kind of stay there swimming. And it's like, well, what the hell do I do with this? Okay. And many times, too, in therapy, it's just like focusing on what's wrong and then staying in that, and it's a slow-removing process, whereas for me, I just want to feel it, and then I want to move the F on. Like, I want to heal it and, and not have to deal with it anymore. So either of those can be great options, but just find somebody that can hold space for you, and if you don't have that, turn to a journal, okay? All right, so again, you feel what disappointment is or whatever feeling you're feeling, then you go into the depth of it, and then I want you to analyze what happened. Okay, so this goes back to even the last episode that we had on the show just two days ago, and it was called Find the Right Approach. 
And it talked about, in that episode, taking an approach. And in in essence, you dream what you want to do. You decide whatever it is you're going to move forward with. You do it. And then you decode it at the end, right? And so this is what you're doing here, in essence, is something has happened to you. And then you need to decode it afterwards of, okay, why did that thing happen? Why did that thing disappoint me so much? Okay. So for my daughter, this is something I did not do with her when she came to me with a tooth and said, I want to throw it away. I didn't say afterwards, like, okay, well, why is it that, you know, this tooth fairy represents something to you? She's just not intellectually there yet. But I'll give you an example of my own life. And I've been using this example a lot on the show. So stay with me. But I, I, I'm getting to this place in my life for the most part that when something hits me, it's pretty rare, like something really gets me because I've just done so much work around things that it's it's rare if something really impacts me. But recently I had a consult call and on the call, I felt like I knew her problems very well. I painted a very clear vision for her about what coaching would look like. I felt very connected to her. And then when we get to the point where we talk about if coaching is right for her or not, you know, I said, okay, so what do you think before I even deliver the price? And she goes, I don't even care. I want to do it. I said, no, no, no. Let's talk about the price. And so I brought it up and she was like, perfect. Yeah, I'm all in. We even scheduled her first call and we were kind of on our way. The only question I did not ask on that call, which I typically do, is when do you plan to sign up? But then I just thought in my head, well, who cares? Because most times when people say they're all in and they've made their first call, then they're all in. In fact, every time somebody's done that, that's what's happened, right? So I have this expectation that's what she's going to do. After a few days and she didn't pay, I reached out to her and I said, hey, you know, I never asked, when do you plan to sign up? Didn't hear from her. A few days later, email again. Hey, have you changed your mind? If you did, no biggie. Let's talk through it. No response. Never heard from the girl again. So I felt this wave of disappointment because of two things, okay? And this first thing I want you to really pay attention to, the expectation, okay? Just like my daughter with the tooth. She expected she puts a tooth under her pillow, the tooth fairy comes because that's what she's had for, gosh, like five years now since she was in kindergarten. She puts the tooth fairy, the the tooth fairy comes, right? Never been late, but didn't happen. For me, somebody says yes on the phone, they book their first call. It's a done deal. The payment is just like, is like makes it even more done. But to me, it was done. But the expectation did not happen, right? And that's where the disappointment tends to occur. This is why we feel let down. Yeah, because we expect something and it doesn't happen. Okay, we're going to come back to that in a minute. So then when I'm analyzing, okay, why did I feel such a wave of disappointment with this? Because as I've mentioned on the show, like things are going extremely well in my business. I'm in the month of August when I had this consult, I it was my best month to date. In fact, I think I made more in a month than I had made in a whole year. Okay. I made like $60,000. It's huge. So, but I just could not get over this. Like it just kept playing in my brain. I just felt this wave of disappointment with the whole thing. And even though I knew logically it was like, okay, she's got something going on and I, you know, that's her whole thing. It has nothing to do with me, but I took it to a coach and I said, here's what I'm feeling, you know, what's going on? And she's like, you know, well, do you feel like you're missing out on something? And I said, yeah, I feel like I'm missing out on her journey and I knew I could really help her. And then we dug even deeper. And the big thing was not that she didn't sign up. It was she didn't even reply to me. 
And we pulled that. I was so upset because I said, am I not even worthy of a reply? And she said, ah, that's it. You're not worthy. And I was putting, in essence, my need of worthiness onto this woman. And I realized I do this with a lot of things in my life, especially my business. If my clients are getting results and they're happy, I feel great and I feel worthy, right? And so what happened is I realized I'm putting this need of worthiness externally to me. Now, for some of you, you may be lost right now. For my clients, you're like, I got it, Lindsay, right? Because what we learn in coaching is that we don't want to put our needs on other people or other things. We want to fulfill all of our own needs within ourselves. So for me, I realized, okay, I'm putting worthiness outside of me. I just need to realize I'm worthy no matter what happens. And I started just programming in that belief in my brain, just building that brain wire and saying every day, I am worthy. I am worthy. And I even started saying like, I am worthy no matter what happens. I am worthy. I am worthy. I'm worthy. Right? And so this is what's happening to you. You're putting some sort of need external to yourself. And that's what's causing disappointment. I'll give you another example here. Recently, my husband and I got in an argument and it was because I felt like we just were not romantic with one another since this whole Corona thing hit. And even before that, we had a son, you know, and it's just like we haven't been maximizing our romantic life. Yeah. And it wasn't that big of a deal to me until I just saw him spending a ton of time on genealogy. And it seems like every day he was talking to his mom. And again, I was just like, okay, whatever it is, what it is, right? Well, then one day I go to the doctor and when I went to the doctor, it was a lady doctor, which already makes me nervous. And it was because I've been having irregular bleeding. And so that makes me nervous too, right? So I come back from the doctor and I'm like wanting him in that moment of like being able for him to be present with me. And so I can kind of, you know, unwind what happened at the doctor today, which everything's fine, by the way. But um, his mom kept calling. And she has her own special ringtone. And it's like the most annoying ringtone ever. She's just calling and calling and calling. And I lost it. <laughs> and I don't lose it often anymore, but I lost it. And I said something like, I am so tired of you being on the phone with your mom all the freaking time and doing this genealogy shit. And uh, like, we don't even have a romantic life anymore. Like, is it that you don't even want me? Like, what the, f you know, and I'm going off, right? And I'm, I'm listening to myself as I'm going off and I'm thinking, Lindsay, you are totally throwing your need of romance on him. Totally. And this is why you're constantly feeling disappointed because you're just like, come on, Jason, come on. Are you going to give this to me? Are you going to make me feel romance? Come on. So again, I took it to a coach and I said, okay, I've had this aha moment. I realize I'm throwing all the romantic needs on my husband. He keeps throwing it back on me because the reality is, is like, I'm just the planner between the two of us. It just, it's just the way it is. And I realized in that coaching session is I feel desperate by being the one who takes the lead. And that's just silly, right? That's just the thought of feeling desperate. But the reality is, is like, I'm just going to be the one that does the planning and I'm going to fulfill my own need of romance. And if he wants to add to that, great. Again, I know for some of you, you may be over your head with this. If you're a client of mine, you're like, totally get it, Lindsay. You found the need. You did a 21-day habit to start building that wire to put that need back in yourself. Got it. Yeah. So just know that you're going to put these needs on other people. This is why you're feeling disappointment and you need to take that and claim that back for you. Okay. 
The other thing I want to say here, I want to go back to this expectation thing, right? It's to go in and not have expectations anymore. Now, I remember when I first heard that, I thought, okay, so what? Like I go in and I just don't expect certain things? Does that mean I don't have boundaries? Does that mean I just take whatever I can get? No. It means you go in, you are the best version of you, and then you just say whatever happens, happens. It does not mean you don't have boundaries. It does not mean you still don't have big goals and dreams. It just means you enjoy the journey in essence. You go in and you say, how can I show up as my best self, do my best work, and then whatever happens is just, in essence, the cherry on top, right? So let me give you an example in my life of how this shows up. So if I'm doing something for my business, like I recently um, recorded a free training called Accomplish Your Dreams. It's a four-day video training. I'll have the link in the show notes if you haven't watched it. But in that training, as I'm recording those videos, all I'm thinking about as I'm going in and recording is, Lindsay, just show up the best version of you today. Give them, you know, the best Lindsay you can. And if people decide to coach with you after watching these trainings, great. If they don't, no big deal. Now, I know, again, this may be like, well, Lindsay, don't you need people to sign up? Isn't that how you make money? I know it can really kind of throw you off, right? (laughs) Because in essence, yeah, like at the end of the day, I still really need people to sign up. Money's how the world works and we all need money, right? But what happens is two things. First off, when you go in and you're your best self and you don't attach to the results, you end up typically getting those results, but even better. Now, they may not be in the timeline you want. They may not show up in the way that you want. You know, for example, I will send out emails to my list at times about, you know, like applying for a free consult call and I will get no responses. Not one person will reply out of my 2000 person list. But then all of a sudden, I'll get somebody who's not on my list and they'll come to me and say, hey, so-and-so has been talking about you. She's talking about how she's getting great results working with you. I would love to work with you too. Or I'll get somebody from social media who's not on my list at all and we'll sign up for a consult. And so it's just like this magical thing in the universe sometimes that you just put this intention out there. You show up again as the best version of you and you're not attached to how the results come to you. Now, again, I know this may be over your head. This took me a while to grasp this concept, but this is something I'm consistently teaching my clients over and over again is let's figure out how to be the best version of you. We spent, in essence, three whole months on that work of figuring out who they are at a very deep level. And then I teach them how to get into massive action and not get attached to the results. And it is hard stuff. But in time, you get it. And once you do, you quit feeling as much disappointment. Okay? So again, high intention, low attachment. This goes back to when I was dating too. For a while when I was dating, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to meet this guy and I want him to do da 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 and be this kind of person. And I really want it to happen at this point in my life. And because I was so attached to the results, I ended up making not so great dating decisions because I was really attached that I really wanted to find my person in a certain time frame versus when I met my now husband, I went in and I'm like, I have no attachment when I meet this person or if I ever meet this person. But here's 
what I want in somebody. And I'm just going to go in and be the most authentic version of me possible. And if they like me, great. And if they don't, great. Do not care. It was crazy. I met that person within weeks of changing my mindset around them. And two, even when we were dating the whole time, there were points when I thought we were going to break up because I had no attachment to him being the one. I just went in saying, okay, if this is meant to be, it will be, and we'll work through it. If, but if not, then, then we're done, right? So again, I know this may be over your head. If I was listening to this a few years ago, it probably would have been over mine. But I just want you to see that this cycle of feeling disappointment Because I used to feel disappointment a lot. You know, I'm a very passionate person like you may be. As I said, disappointment happens to the most passionate of people and the people who value connection the most too. And so when we feel that disconnect or we feel something that's quote unquote negative, it can really be hard on us. And we're people too who have big goals and dreams. And when we have a setback, it can hurt really bad. And the thing is, too, is that we likely had childhoods where we had a parent who may have been on and been this, you know, quote unquote, great parent. And then all of a sudden he or she would switch off. This is what happens when we develop this vacillator inner mean girl. Okay, so if you don't know what the vacillator inner mean girl is, go back, listen to that episode. If you're a client of mine, you're like, yes, got it, Lindsay, right? Because we're just so used to in our childhood having a lot of disappointment of, okay, for me, it was my mom's on today. Ooh, my mom's not on today. And I just constantly felt this wave of disappointment when she wasn't on. And I was constantly questioning, what did I do? I felt a lot of sadness, but I had nobody to turn to with that sadness. And I was just very, very attached to my mom and however she was feeling because how she was feeling determined my day a lot. Because if she wasn't feeling good, watch out. It was a little bit scary. Okay. So just know it may be some deeper stuff here. That's why it's so important to go in and feel, deal, and heal. But you can overcome this stuff. Okay. If I can overcome it and I can help some of my clients overcome it, you can do it too. You don't have to continue to live in this wave of disappointment over and over again. And in essence, be like my daughter with a tooth and want to throw away your goals and dreams. Whatever you're dreaming of, you can absolutely achieve. It may not happen the way that you want it to, but don't throw that stuff away. Keep going back to it, feeling that feeling of disappointment, which is really sadness Then go in and say, okay, what is the need that I'm putting on somebody else that I need to claim for myself? I gave you some examples there of worthiness was one, romance was the other. So I give that to myself now. And what happens then when you give that need to yourself and you fulfill it within, like you just start getting even more abundance your way. Like my husband, for example, a few weeks ago when we had that argument, I was like, you know what? You're not responsible for a romantic life anymore. I'm just giving it to myself. And I just tell myself all these amazing things all day long. Like, Lindsay, you look so amazing. And oh my gosh, you're so sexy. And da 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 da. And I just can't wait to hang out with you later today. And because I'm telling myself that, as silly as it sounds, and some of you may be like, God, that's kind of desperate, right? But why? I mean, I don't want to have to wait for my husband to tell me that. And what happens is like he's way more playful with me and he ended up planning this weekend for us a few weeks ago that was great so he's realizing like oh she doesn't need this for me now I want to give it to her you know think about people who are needy 
They're like, please, please show me attention. Please do me this. Nobody wants to do that. People want to be around other people who are just fun to be around and who feel like they don't even need anything from you, you know? I feel this way with my business coach, Stacey. Like, she has so many clients and so much demand that I find myself being like, Stacey, look what I did. Stacey, look what I did. Because she's just not needy at all. She's not in this convincing energy. She's just there like, oh, awesome. You're doing so and so. This, great. This, awesome. Like, and she just gets so much abundance because she's not looking to her, her clients to fulfill any of her needs. Yeah. Okay. So then fulfill the need within, right? And then break that cycle of disappointment and realize just show up as my best self. I'm not attached to the outcome, not attached to those results. And I'm just going to go on and do my best. And I'm just going to keep believing that this goal or dream is going to happen for me. It may not happen the way I want it to, but I'm just going to keep showing up, keep showing up over and over again. And I will process my feelings anytime I feel disappointment along the way and just keep it going because I believe in it so much. I keep that strong belief in my mind. Like for my daughter, the tooth fairy is going to come. And you better believe that tooth fairy did come. (laughs) For me, my husband and I are going to have a 10 marriage. I just keep that belief alive. Keep it alive. Right now, we're probably at like an eight. We have moved up that chain in the past year, I will tell you. We were like at a five, six for a while. Now we're at eight. I just keep that belief. Ten. We're going to have a ten marriage. Here we go. Yeah, but I'm not attaching to him and how he shows up. I'm just giving myself a ten marriage. However he shows up is awesome. But it's just the cherry on top. Okay? I hope all of that made sense to you. I know some of it may be over your head, but just realize this is one that may just te- need some time to soak in. Okay? And this is why, again, I talked about in the last episode of the show, it's not just content that changes your life. It's content plus coaching that equals change. There are so many times we have patterns of behavior or something happens to us or we feel something and we don't even realize it until somebody else points it out. You know, there are many clients that I have that I'm coaching right now every week and they come to me and they say, well, this, this and this happened. And as we dig a little bit deeper, we find something much bigger than they ever thought possible. I mean, I even gave the example here of I turned to a coach about the husband thing and about the, the consult call thing. And I said, "Woo, this is what I'm feeling. Let's dig deeper. And we were able to find so much more goodness out of that. So just keep that in mind if you're kind of like, how am I going to change my life here? This content is just part of the puzzle. Yeah. All right, my friend, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a lot of great takeaways and I can't wait to see you on the show again soon. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're gonna accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.